T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back. Kevin Rogers with you here on 560 WQAM. Let's talk fantasy football in about 20 minutes. Dan Back of Roto Grinders will join us. It's like everybody's holding out. But I guess I can't blame them. Cash rules everything around them. I get that money. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Let's talk about Ezekiel Elliott for the 7,000th time on all the national networks. God, they're making Ezekiel Elliott into Emmett Smith. Good running back, but I mean, like, come on, let's slow down to the cap. Like, before we get to the Guglielmo and, and, and this other stuff, tell me if I'm like totally off on this one, Danny. Tell me if I'm just like nuts. Okay, shoot. Okay, I know the answer to this. So I'm going to ask you the question. I already know the answer. When's the last time the Cowboys won? A, excuse me. When's the last time the Cowboys went to a Super Bowl? 1995. You are absolutely correct. 1995 with Barry Switzer. Yes. Okay. 1995. 1995 We're... season, 1996 Super Bowl. Exactly. So 2019, that is 24 years ago was the last time they were in a Super Bowl. Not even They won it, but last time they were in a Super Bowl. Why are, why are they the number one talking point? And I know you're going to say America's team. I know. But I feel like they're not America's team anymore. I feel like, the, well, the Patriots, even though they may not be America's team, they're still the best team we've seen in the last 20 years. The Steelers feel more like America's team than the Cowboys do. Then why do we keep pushing this agenda? I feel like it is shoved in our face all the time on ESPN and Fox Sports 1 and all of it. Like, enough already with the Cowboys. It's the star, man. It's just the star. We see the Cowboys in Week 3, by the way. Dolphins play the Cowboys in Dallas. But, sorry, I feel like... Win a title or be in the Super Bowl in the last 10 years. Not the case. You want to know something? Do you do you believe in the football gods in any way, Kevin Rogers? As far as? As far as they they, they you know they, they sit in judgment of history and teams and moments in the game. Do you, the, the, you have the concept of the football gods, if you will. No. No, you don't believe in any of that? No. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not big on it either, but I like to use it to screw with people. And I tell Dallas Cowboy fans all the time. The football gods are against you. Jerry Jones will never win as long as he's the host of the Cowboys because he had the ego. He wanted to say he was just he took just as big a part in building that team as Jimmy Johnson, and the ego the ego blew apart the team that could have won three or four in a row. Been the first team in NFL history to do it, but Jerry Jones's ego got in the way, and the football gods will shut the door. No matter how good Tony Romo's teams are, no matter how good these Dak Prescott teams are, something will happen in the playoffs, something will screw them up, and Jerry Jones will never win. I'm fine with that. It's just a, It just goes back to why are they always the lead story all the time when you haven't, when the 
some of these other teams have done more than them. They haven't been to a Super Bowl in 24 years, and yet they're talked about like they are the team that... See, this is why I look at the Cowboys, that this is a team that I feel like all of America doesn't care about, that obviously in Texas they're very big, but I don't see where... No, no you're wrong there, K-Watch. They have fans all over the country. No, I know, I know, but I've seen Steeler bars around the country, okay? I don't, I don't feel like I see Cowboy bars. Dallas Cowboy bars. Oh, no, if you go to a sports bar, there's always a Cowboy section, a Steeler section... There's I know always, the Steelers and the like Raiders. Section. I know those are the big ones. Maybe I, I said I'm, I could be wrong. I know, but I feel like after all these years, the Patriots, they get the talk, they get the run. I get it. They win Super Bowls. They should get the run. And they've had controversy. They've had all these things. And yet, for the Cowboys, what have they done in the last 24 years? They've been to the playoffs. They have. But as far as going to a Super Bowl, no. And then people will say, well, the Panthers have been to the Super Bowl and the Rams have been to the Super Bowl and the Falcons have been to the Super Bowl. But who cares? We don't care about those teams. I, I, there are just certain teams in, in the lexicon of sports. And, and for some reason, the Cowboys, they got that reputation in the, in the 70s with being America's team with Roger Stallback and Thomas Tom Landry and all 70s. that. But they But they just held on to the image, K-Rod. like Notre Dame, no matter how terrible they will be, will always have a huge national Yeah, following. but they still were. But Notre Dame was still in the Final Four, what, two years? Last year? They were in the Final Four last year. Last right? year, they were still in the Final Four. Yeah, but before that, they weren't relevant since, what, Brady Quinn was there? No, they went to the national championship against Alabama down here. That's twice. So twice they were really far. Either I mean, obviously, then it was before the that was still the BCS, but they were playing Alabama. Alabama destroyed them. But they still got to the national championship. But they've had, but they've had downs. They've had down sure periods. they have. Everyone's had downs. That's fine. I mean, I'm just what my point is, K. Rogers, is that there are teams like Notre Dame, there are teams like the Lakers, the Celtics, the Yankees. You know that will always that will always have a giant cachet of fans. Yeah, but the Lakers, it's just jumped now after last year with LeBron. Because they had what a few years in between with nothing between Kobe and LeBron. Okay, but the Lakers still, even in the down years, they still had championships with Kobe. There was still something there, even if Kobe was at the end of the line, he still had won the championships. They can't win it every year. I'm looking here, the Cowboys since 2010, we're even going back to like the 90s. We're saying in the last 10 years, 6 and 10, 8 and 8, 8 and 8, 8 and 8, 12 and 4, 4 and 12, 13 and 3, 9 and 7, 10 and 6. They won the East three times, and they've won two games in the playoffs in that span. Okay, but let's look at the Lakers the last couple years before LeBron got here. And yeah, no, they're terrible. Out. They were terrible. But did they lead every sports center with Alonzo Ball? And, and what are the Lakers doing? How are the Lakers going to fix this? What's going on with the Lakers? The Lakers, the Lakers, the Lakers. Yeah, did absolutely. They Alonzo Ball, like, absolutely. Did they lead sports center? They were, there was no, okay, maybe not lead sports center, but there did not go like a week without them being mentioned at least a couple of times. Absolutely. Like, what's wrong with the Lakers? Every NBA segment has the, what's wrong with the Lakers? How can the Lakers fix this? I feel like that. Nobody's asking, what's wrong with the Heat? How are the Heat going to fix this on no, the Sports No, I know, Center? but I feel like with the Lakers, that that changed this year, that you had all the talk with LeBron this year, 
But before that, I don't know. I, I feel like they kind of faded a little bit. For Not at all. There's always going to be an interest in the Lakers and the Celtics and the Yankees and the Red Sox. Eh, the Red Sox, not really. The Yankees, the Dodgers. I'll put the Dodgers in that conversation. The Dodgers been the World Series last two years. Okay, but, when the Dodgers, but the Dodgers go through plenty of periods of sucking, and people still wonder, oh, what, are the, what moves are the Dodgers really? going to make? Yes, no, absolutely. No, I think the Dodgers, when they're relevant, I think people care about them, or they're more of a national story, but when they're not, no. The only one, okay, in baseball, it's two. It's the Yankees, Red Sox, and you had the Cubs, okay? Okay, I'll put the Cubs in there. Fine, but before the Cubs won the World Series a few years ago, yes, in Chicago, they're massive, all right? But nationally, are people— Oh, they're lovable losers. But are people talking about them? Because they didn't do anything forever. But they were, they were all. But the Cubs are always lovable losers, and then the second the Cubs get good, everybody jumps up and cares and starts talking about the Cubs. When Absolutely. they won the World Series, they did— and now they become one of those teams. No, but K. Rogers, when they lost, when they lost to the Marlins in two thousand, was in two thousand three. Eh, the Cubs fans come out of the bandwagon. Come, come out when the Cubs are lovable. The Cubs are losing, or they're average, or whatever. They're lovable losers. The second they make the playoffs, all the Cub hats start coming out, and everyone's like, "Oh, this is gonna be the year." Yeah, but at least the last few years they've been consistent. They've been in the running. The Red Sox, the same. Well, even though I mean the Red Sox, they've been up and down. When you look at what they've done, okay. Here's another team that I'll give you that that I would consider a national team that just has like interest and will always. Michigan. What has Michigan done? When was the last time Michigan did anything? And they were all oh, Jim Harbaugh, Michigan. This is going to be the year, Michigan. It's on the top of the question list of every college football show. Michigan, because they're just Michigan. Is Michigan, it, no, Ohio no, State. No, no. It's going to be like it's, that. No, no. It's because of Jim Harbaugh. That when Brady Hoke was there, no one cares about Brady Hoke. Oh come on, they were they would they would run stories. What's wrong with Michigan? Can Michigan be good? Michigan be good this year? You know when you're you know when you're not relevant and you're not a national team when you're bad and they don't ask the question, what do you need to do to get better in a general college football session? If you have to take thirty seconds out to ask a question, why a team sucks, and 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 have people go, oh they suck, but they this and blah blah blah. If they take thirty seconds from a segment to talk about why a team sucks. And you know it's a big national team? That's why. Okay, so why isn't USC or Ohio State or those other teams? USC, they ask that question all the time with your USC. They don't do it for UCLA, but they do it for USC. No, because USC is bigger than UCLA in football. But the only one in college basketball is Duke. And I get it because you have Krzyzewski. Like, I get it. Like, that Duke, I totally understand. Because of the guy who's running it. And because of all these one-and-done guys that they have now that they follow the Kentucky model, and they're not bringing in four-year players. They're not bringing Christian Leitner in anymore. They're bringing in Zion Williamson for one year, prop him up, and then he's gone to the NBA. No Cherokee Parks? No Cherokee Parks. No Shane Battier. None of that. You're not bringing those guys in anymore. You want a degree? Don't go to Duke. Go somewhere else. Look, I get that you can't give equal coverage to everybody. You can't do it. You can't have in football, you're not going to lead these shows with the Carolina Panthers and the Cincinnati Bengals and, you know, the Denver Broncos, that people aren't going to talk about those teams. I understand that. But, my God, this agenda with the Cowboys is just sickening. Like, all right, can you spread it out a little bit? Just a little bit. They're not the only team in the league. I mean, come on. So what I want to know is tomorrow on the, all the shows, are we going to talk about DeGuglielmo? DeGuglielmo? 
I had it. I was doing so well with it. I was in such a, I was in such a rhythm with that. I was kind of like Larry Bird in the three-point contest, just knocking shots down, putting the finger up, saying, yeah, I got this shot, and then I screwed that up. To Guglielmo, so he's the offensive line coach now for the Dolphins after Pat Flaherty got let go after four days of training camp. Man, that's got to be an embarrassing meeting with Brian Flores. Sit down. Take a seat. Yeah, everything looking good, coach? Everything, no, you're fired. Yeah, you could tell that that was, that, was, that's, that was something that was probably going to happen. Are you getting period. fired if someone says to you in a meeting, take a seat? Is probably. that fair to say? Probably. Yeah, take a seat. It's like, you know what? I feel that way about whenever everybody, whenever everybody comes on these sports centers and they say like, oh, this coach or this player, he's, he's on zero tolerance. Well, you know at that point, it's, it's just over. There's no way. Well, it's, it's, it's the vote of confidence is always, is always uh, the, the fast track to getting fired. You know, whenever management says, oh, we, here's a vote of confidence in, in this coach. No, that means you're done. But you really – I, I want to know how that meeting went where – and that's got to be hard. I mean, I mean, it seriously is that it's been four days of training camp. Brian Flores has so much he's got to deal with, and he's saying, you know what, this idea or this meeting that we got to fire one of the coaches already, and for not doing anything wrong. This wasn't Forrester wrong. Like this guy, it, this was like football wrong for whatever reason, whatever it was that he made this decision, but. He had to do it, and he did it fairly quick. I mean, think about it. Flaherty didn't even reach August. You didn't even make the first preseason game. That's pretty bad. But Zagugliama was waiting in the wings. That he had been with Flores in New England. I mean, obviously, well, Belichick. But, I mean, you know, knew Flores in New England, and he had a connection with Josh McDaniels in Indianapolis when he took the job for like three minutes before he quits to go back to the Patriots. So that's why he was in Indianapolis, and Frank Reich had him for the year, and then Frank Reich let him go because Frank Reich wanted his own guy in there. Even though the Colts' offense did well with DeGugliamo there, but they also have Andrew Luck, and they have T.Y. Hilton, and they have, like, and they have good players on their team. Doesn't hurt. No, I mean... When you got a quarterback who can get rid of the ball quickly and you're accurately two receivers, it makes that offensive line look awfully good. And I'm not I'm not making this comparison. I'm not doing it. I'm just making a statement, all right? It's like what happened with Cam Cameron. Cam Cameron was the offensive coordinator of the Chargers. When you have Drew Brees and LaDainian Thomas and Antonio Gates, you look kind of smart. I hate to say it like that, but when you have those guys in there, three Hall of – is that fair to say Antonio Gates is a Hall of Famer? Because we know Brees will be a Hall of Famer. Is that fair to say that Antonio Gates is a Hall of Famer? Ah, I would think so. Okay, so three Hall of Famers. You work with three Hall of Famers. Put anybody in there to be the offensive coordinator. I'm sorry. I'm going there. I'm saying that. Three Hall of Famers at skill positions. Yeah, anybody can run that team. And I'm not going to, to say that. I mean, DeGuglielmo, remember, is not the offensive coordinator. He's an offensive line coach. But it helps to have talent. Simple as that. Dan Back will join us. We'll talk some fantasy football with him. He is... Uh, from Roto Grinders, host of Sirius XM on Fantasy Sports Radio. And we'll talk to him uh, about some of these players that moved and, and what to look for if you're drafting coming up uh, this month, or well, not really this month, but uh, in the next month or so. And uh, we'll have that coming up and much more. Larry Bluestein's coming up at 8 right here on 560 WQAM. Radio.com. Dot com.
gon' party like it's your birthday. We gon' sip a card like it's your birthday. And you know we don't give up because that's your birthday. You can find me in the club. Right, we're back. Kevin Rogers with you here on 560 WQAM. NFL season underway. Training camp's underway. Preseason starts Thursday with the Falcons and the Broncos in Canton for the Hall of Fame game. And then the preseason week number one will start next week. So all of that is up ahead. Also, if you have a fantasy football draft... You might want to stay tuned in right now, so we'll get some good advice from Dan Back, who has got a nice uh, lengthy resume as far as uh, the fantasy background. He's the media director for Roto Grinders, also a host on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Just got off the air, in fact, so he's joining us now. Dan, good to talk to you. How are you? How are you, K. Rods? I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. Obviously, all of these uh, these holdouts are. Uh, is, does that affect uh, the way you look at the fantasy with Ezekiel Elliott? You know, with him holding out and some of these other guys that are just not ready to go to camp because they want new contracts like Melvin Gordon. Are are, are, are you concerned with that, or you just say they're going to sign eventually, just grab them when you can? Yeah, I mean, after what happened last season with Le'Veon Bell, I think you'd be crazy not to be a little bit worried because I know a lot of people drafted him in their leagues and said, ah, it's going to get worked out, and uh, it never got worked out. Now, that's the first time in a while that, I can ever remember somebody sitting out an entire season. So that's probably a little bit of an anomaly, but it's also like the only leverage that these running backs have. And, you know, if I'm in their shoes, I get it. Like you have a short shelf life. You need to make as much money as you possibly can in a short amount of time. And both those guys have have proven to be, you know, the, some of the best in the league. So um, based on the fact that, you know, you saw the holdout last year with bell and it, you know, turn into a pretty good contract here with the Jets, uh, I would be a little bit concerned. And I, I'm probably not avoiding uh, Ezekiel Elliott all that much. I think that deal is going to get done eventually. But Melvin Gordon, I definitely have some worries about. You've got a Chargers team that is notorious for really not wanting to cave just a, a couple of years ago with their first-round pick. Um from Ohio State, you showed up really late into the season for you know just a simple little clause in a contract. So more on Melvin Gordon, but definitely with a first round pick, if they don't play during the season, you're going to have a tough time winning your league. Because it feels like some of these, I mean, you obviously can't project injuries or things like that, but it looked like the numbers with the Chargers that a lot of these running backs, it felt like whoever was back there behind Phillip Rivers was getting good numbers. So if Melvin Gordon doesn't play, whoever backs him up is probably going to put up decent numbers. Well, the, the, the running joke in, in you know, fantasy Twitter or analytics Twitter is running backs don't matter. Uh, you can plug in a running back into a situation and – uh, the next guy up is not always necessarily going to be as good, but going to be good enough. And I think some of the teams are wising up to that because they, they realize, like, okay, like you mentioned, you looked at Austin Eckler and, and Justin Jackson last year, and those guys ran really well, and they're at a fraction of the amount of money that they're paying Melvin Gordon. So they say to themselves, do we really need to pay this guy? Especially when we know the skills diminish at this position really, really quickly. So I think there's a, a really big dynamic that, that's changing because you're getting a lot of the analytics-driven people into a lot of these front offices, similar like we saw with baseball. You know, They're trying to figure out what's you know, the best way to win, and I think there's a real argument on saying whether or not paying a running back Todd Gurley-type numbers 
is the best way to win in this league. And I think we're going to see this, you know, continue over the the coming years. And I'll be curious to see if there's not something brought up, you know, with at their next set of negotiations because the running back position is very different than other positions in in the NFL. And uh, I think it should probably be treated from a contract side of things uh, a lot differently because these guys come into the league and they're going to be out of it in just a handful of years. So uh, they should be able to make more money early on when they're effective because unlike an offensive lineman, even unlike a lot of receivers like Larry Fitzgerald, you're not going to have guys playing into their late 30s as running backs. Just not going to happen. Dan Back, media director, Roto Grinders, also host on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, joining us here on 560 WQAM. The situation with Le'Veon Bell now going to New York sits out last year, the contract issues with the Steelers, and now he's a member with the Jets, and he's got a young quarterback in Sam Darnold. How do you figure that Le'Veon Bell, you know, will he be affected by, you know, shifting teams, going from the Steelers to the Jets, or do you think he'll still put up his usual numbers? Oh, he's going to be affected. I mean, he went from Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster to Sam Darnold, Robbie Anderson, and Jamison Crowder. I mean, it's a completely different offense, and I don't think Adam Gase is a guy who, I mean, you guys know him really well. I'm not particularly sold on him being a great head coach to begin with, and he's also a guy who seemingly didn't even want Le'Veon Bell, uh, and Interestingly enough, the GM gets fired out there, and he's stuck with him. So I'm not really high on him this season. He's a guy that I've passed up on on a lot of these uh, kind of season-long best ball drafts, which have become really, really popular. And and my season-long drafts, I'm certainly going to avoid Le'Veon Bell this season. I just don't think it's going to be likely to have him replicate what he did with the Steelers. He's going to have to prove me wrong otherwise. Now, what about Antonio Brown going from the Steelers to the Raiders, playing with Derek Carr and John Gruden? And, uh, you know, obviously Derek Carr's numbers have dipped a little bit since he had his uh, breakout season a few years ago. That Now the same question with Antonio Brown. Can he put up his numbers? It's going to drop a little bit, but do you think he's going to be ineffective or still try to do the best he can with, uh, with Derek Carr? Well, when you look at where he's being drafted, I'm okay with it. You know, if he last year he was a top you know, 10 pick. And if that's where he was being picked in fantasy drafts, I probably wouldn't go there, but you can get him kind of at the end of the second round sometimes. And, uh, and that's a spot where I'll definitely take a guy who I don't think the skills have dropped off. Everything I've seen in terms of his workout regimen in the off season, looks like he's putting in the work. And uh, the fact of the matter is this Oakland team isn't going to be good. They're going to be playing from behind a lot, and that's going to mean they're going to be throwing the ball an absolute ton. So uh, I'm very bullish on Antonio Brown. I, I think he's going to have, I don't say as good of a season, but pretty comparable. And I think he's going to far exceed a lot of the projections people are putting on him uh, just because of the game flow. And, you know, I mean, John Gruden, he likes to pepper – his top receiver with targets. And you know, I just don't think that Antonio Brown has lost his skill set. He's been unguardable in the league for you know the last five, six seasons. That's, I don't think, going to go away overnight. So uh, I'm buying Antonio Brown. The other big name, Odell Beckham Jr., going to the Browns from the Giants and uh, obviously a lot of high expectations with Cleveland this season and uh, Odell with a a better quarterback now. I mean, no disrespect to Eli Manning, but now you have a young quarterback in Baker Mayfield that had a breakout year last year in his rookie season. What are you projecting for Odell this year? 
Well, first off, I think it's okay to disrespect Eli Manning a little bit because he's been freaking terrible for the last couple of seasons. He should not be a quarterback in the NFL any longer. And I think this is just such an upgrade for Odell Beckham to be going from Manning to Baker Mayfield, who is just brimming with confidence, has a ton of offensive weapons. I mean, it's it's one thing just to have one receiver to throw to, but he's got you know, Jarvis Landry sitting there who's caught 100 balls in this league. You've got David Njoku, another Miami guy who has really improved last season. And Nick Chubb, I think, is a a top-flight running back. And then Kareem Hunt, you know, the second half of the season will be off suspension. So this team is loaded offensively. And I think Beckham's going to put up uh, probably career year this year. I think he's going to put up some of the best numbers we've seen. And I think the Browns, there's a lot of hype around them. But uh, I think they're going to live up to him. I think they've got the quarterback to do it. Uh, and I think that, you know, a guy like Odell Beckham is going to be coming into this season uh, totally focused. I mean, he knows this is arguably one of the better situations he's been in since he's come into the league. And you look at the rest of that division, uh, yes, you know, the Steelers are back, but I question how great they're going to be minus, you know, both Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Uh, you look at Cincinnati, A.J. Green, already going to miss time with an ankle injury. You know, Baltimore, I, I think it's only a matter of time before they figure out how to handle Lamar Jackson. So I like the Browns. I'm buying the hype. I know they're chalky to, you know, potentially win the division or, or be a trendy team to make it to the Super Bowl. But uh, I know those are big words, but uh, I like this team a heck of a lot, and it wouldn't surprise me one bit. Dan Back of Roto Grinders, host on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, joining us here on 560 WQAM. When you look at the quarterback position, we all saw what Patrick Mahomes did last year, won the MVP, put up terrific numbers. Who's the second-best fantasy quarterback in your mind? Well, the the consensus seems to be either Andrew Luck or Deshaun Watson, uh, at least in the fantasy world. Um, And a big reason for that, too, is both those guys have some running ability, and that gives you such a huge floor in fantasy because, you know, if they don't end up throwing three touchdowns, if they run for 50 yards, that's as good as a touchdown in a lot of leagues. So uh, I can actually get behind that, and I'm fine with either of those two guys. Probably give a slight edge to Watson. I think he's going to have a much better receiving core than he had before. Will Fuller looks like he is back off of injury and healthy. Kiki Kuti is uh, was super effective when he played last season, and uh, he's coming off injury, and he's looking good. Uh, I'm not a Lamar Miller guy myself, but um, but then again, you know they're playing in a division in the AFC South, which I think is going to be pretty competitive and, and going to be more offensive than people make it out to be. I think Jacksonville is going to be a little bit better on offense, and and you know obviously you've got the Indianapolis Colts who who stepped it up. So I'd say either of those two guys, but you know the guy from fantasy at quarterback who I am just super intrigued about is going to be Kyler Murray with Arizona. I mean, I, you can't put into context uh, the speed that this team is going to be playing at and the impact that that's going to have on his fantasy performance. And then you factor in the fact, the fact that he can run for potentially seven, 800 yards in a given season sounds like a lot, but what he did at Oklahoma against top flight competition, uh, now maybe the big 12 wasn't great, but he's a guy who, you know, when he did go against the better teams, still put up good numbers. Uh, I think he is super intriguing. He's a guy who I'm drafting probably ahead of the field just because, again, you've got that rushing upside. You've got that pace of play. And, you know, I think it's exciting to see what's going to happen. And when you get that many more plays, that's really what you want in fantasy. And nobody's going to run more plays, assuming he doesn't get hurt, 
than Kyler Murray. So he's a guy who I'm super high on this season. A guy that's actually in his backfield, David Johnson, who busted out two years ago and then got hurt. That you know, you look at a guy like that, Dalvin Cook in Minnesota, who tore his ACL early in the season. Which guys do you think have some value that maybe were forgotten from getting either hurt last year or had down years in 2018? Yeah, I think one guy who I like a little bit is Leonard Fournette for Jacksonville. I mean, I think this is a spot for him where it's it's put up or shut up. You know, we talked about players wanting to hold out for contracts. Well, here's a guy who can't afford to have a bad season because if he does. Nobody's going to give this guy a, a big contract. And I, I look at the backfield for Jacksonville. He has literally no competition for carries. He's a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield and gets a monstrous upgrade at the quarterback position going from uh, Blake Bortles to Nick Foles. So that's only going to make life easier for him running the football. And uh, and I think that a lot of people are you know kind of just writing him off and saying, you know what, he's done. He gets hurt too often, but the guy, I, I feel pretty confident he's going to hit double-digit touchdowns, and, and yeah, he's probably not going to lead the league in rushing, but especially where you can draft him in, in, in fantasy drafts, uh, I kind of like Leonard Fournette. He's, he's a guy that, uh, that I'm willing to uh, invest in. Now, who was the consensus number one pick overall in, uh, in the season-long drafts? Yeah, I mean, it boils down to Barkley or Christian McCaffrey, and I don't think you can really go – wrong with either one of those guys i think there's a small argument people are making that the giants are just going to be so bad that it's it's foolish to you know invest in in barkley but they were really bad last year <laughs> he was really really good well i think the top fantasy performer uh non-quarterback that we had and i just don't really see that falling off and then mccaffrey i mean this guy is basically like getting a wide receiver and a running back together and I have a little bit of a question mark in with Cam Newton because I think last year he had that arm trouble. He couldn't really throw the ball downfield. He checked it down a ton to McCaffrey simply because I, I don't think he had any confidence that he could even make the throws. Uh, he looks really good in training camp with Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore on the outside. So I don't know if he's going to see quite as many checkdowns as he had last year. So those are the two kind of somewhat question marks with those two guys, but uh, I don't think there's a true consensus between the two, but in more of the you know, early season drafts that I've seen, it's probably Saquon Barkley, but both those guys are 1-1A. One one Great information as always. Heading into the NFL season, Dan Back, Roto-Grinders, media director, also host on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio. Dan, appreciate the time and best of luck this season. No problem. Thanks. All right, you got it. Dan Back joining us right there. As uh, a lot of good information, and yeah, going into this season, there's a lot to definitely ponder with some of these guys changing teams, some of these stars, Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham Jr. and Le'Veon Bell, and uh, see how they fare in their new locations. Take you up until 8 o'clock, and Larry Bluestein is up at 8 o'clock, in fact. So stay tuned for that. We've got one more segment to go right here on 560 WQAM. Radio.com. So I was checking this out on social media. 
which is what drives this world, right? Did you check out the uh, FSU football Twitter account, Danny? I have not. Okay. I think you'd enjoy this. I think any Hurricane or Gator fan would enjoy this, and I'm actually I'm calling out my own school because it's so ridiculous, and it, it, they got uh, this got noticed. So you know how a lot of these social media accounts, they try to be creative, and they do a countdown, and they'll say this many days until football, and if it's... Yes, I know, guess. You know, if it's whoever it is, there'll be a uniform number of that person. It's got to be more creative instead of just putting the number up. Anyway, so the FSU football account, uh, it says this many days until Knowles football. Hashtag one tribe. It says there's there's a player wearing number 15 and then a four. Yeah, this doesn't make sense. Well, according to my math, there's not 154 days until the season starts. Far less. Just I'm just going to put it out there. I don't, you know, I'm not, I didn't use a calculator on this thing. But it's not 15. It's not four. It's not 154. I don't, I don't. It makes absolutely zero sense. The first game is on the 31st against Boise State in Jacksonville. Last check, it's not 154. It's not 15. It's not four. So, obviously, they have been totally, uh, totally ripped on. I keep just, I can't stop looking at it now. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm like, there's got to be something behind it. you got to have some connection in the Florida State SID office, the public release. Somebody's got to explain this. The I know it's kind of, it feels like it's old now, but the uh, Crying Jordan plastered on the Seminole logo is pretty funny. Because that's uh, one of the replies. I I don't. Uh, I just don't know how or what this means, if it means anything. It's, and you can't tell me that you're trying to be somewhat creative. Don't be creative. Just you know what? Just say how many days it is. I think I think our our own Manny Chang, who has tweeted back to FSU football for some odd reason, he says he he believes they mean four days until camp. Could that be it? It could be, but you've confused everybody with the 15. If you want to put four, then put a player that wears number four on there. That's where – fine. If if it's if that's the answer, it's okay, but they've totally – they botched us up. And BT dubs on this one, Danny, that I believe n- – no joke – they just hired a new social media coordinator there. So that's not a good start. No. That and by the way, number four is actually a good player. as a sophomore coming in this year, a linebacker, Kalean LeBourne. Good, good. Running back. I'm glad that we uh, we put that out there. It's – I don't know. I just, I just don't – this is when – this is – social media, basically, you have to be 100%. You have to nail it. If you miss one time, you will get – called out you will get called out and they will never forgive you ever so instead of being creative just be simple so the big news of the day uh at least locally in case you missed it that the dolphins got rid of their offensive line coach and they replaced him with uh, another man 
So Pat Flaherty got let go, and Dave DeGuglielmo is now the new offensive line coach for the Dolphins. And there's still no confirmation on why. We think this was more of just uh, either a criticism of the offensive line that got out or they just weren't performing well. But for Brian Flores to cut ties that quickly, and again, DeGuglielmo was his guy, so he's going to have his guy in there uh, more so than someone else. And Flaherty was a guy that was with Jacksonville for two years, and now, I mean, I mean, think about this. The Dolphins had Jim Caldwell as their offensive coordinator, and now he's on medical leave. And he was a guy I mean, that went to a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning with the Colts. So, I mean, he, he's accomplished. He replaced Tony Dungy. It wasn't so great in Detroit. But he ha- he's on medical leave, and now they've gotten rid of the offensive line coach. So a little bit of shakiness there where already you don't know who the quarterback is. So let's just say that the offense, it, it hasn't been something that we want to put in the media guide for the future of, of how this first week is. Actually, well, say the last few weeks because you go back to Caldwell. It's been a few weeks since he – uh, announced that he had the medical leave, but just not exactly a time that we're really, you know, really happy with everything that's going on. It's not, it's not, a, it's not exactly a smooth transition, uh, to say the least. But then again, if you were to put this up against years past and training camp where Ryan Tannehill tore his ACL and then Jake Cutler got brought in off the street, the guy was about to be an analyst on Fox and they ripped him out to be uh, the quarterback of the Dolphins because Adam Gase was friends with him. Remember, that worked out really well because Adam Gase and Jay Cutler had a, a relationship, so let's bring him back. Well, let's let's not forget that he also brought in Julius Thomas, another player who he had a relationship with that, that year. That's why it's tough to say, oh, I know this guy. I got faith in this guy. So let's bring this guy in. And again, the Guglielmo, this is not going to be a make or break. This isn't like Jake Cutler, a quarterback. This isn't a make or break situation for the Dolphins coaching staff. That all of a sudden is going to get ruined now by bringing in somebody uh, new, even though he had been with the franchise. He'd been with the organization as far as just an analyst. But yeah, some of these training camps haven't, uh, haven't gone too smoothly. It doesn't mark necessarily a good start for the season when – when you have a situation like this. But, I mean, when you think about it, the Dolphins right now, is it fair to say, just going off the top of our heads, they are the the only team with a quarterback controversy right now? Is that is that a, uh, is that a fair statement? I don't know if they're the only team. Okay. Arizona drafted Kyler Murray. He's going to be their quarterback. Well, what about Tennessee? No, it's still what's his name. Uh, it's still what's his name, Mariota. <laughs> Mariota. Yeah, I mean he did win a Heisman Trophy at Oregon. I should know. I his mean, name. I remember reading something that that who was who's the coach there was Mike Vrabel. Yeah, I remember Mike Vrabel saying Marcus Mariota still a starter, but we brought in Ryan Tannehill to push him. Well, what what sense does that? What sense no, does that you, statement? No, 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 no. You brought him in because Marcus Mariota has in his contract he's going to get hurt every year. So you need to bring in someone else that can play quarterback. That's not Blaine Gabbert. That's what it is. Marcus Mariota is guaranteed to get hurt. Death taxes and Marcus Mariota getting a hamstring 
uh, pull sometime during the season. No, because you look at it, okay, quick rundown. Brady, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold in the AFC East, and then the Dolphins we know are a question mark. Lamar Jackson, Big Ben, Baker Mayfield, Andy Dalton in the North. Deshaun Watson, Luck, Mariota, and Nick Foles in the South. Mahomes, Rivers, Flacco, and Derek Carr in the West. Okay, so no quarterback controversies there except for the Dolphins. Dak, uh, Carson Wentz. I guess Dwayne Haskins will probably start for the Redskins. Okay, that's another one. So the Redskins is one, even though it seems like Dwayne who's, Haskins is probably going to be the, the other, guy. But who's the other guy? Case Keenum. Oh, man, that's right. Case yeah, Keenum's, exactly. Uh, come on. Yeah. Come on. I, I, if you're going to say Case Keenum and Dwayne Haskins is a, is, is a matchup, you got to give me Mariota and Tannehill. And then you have Eli, who is still inexplicably the quarterback of the Giants, who will be there forever in the East. In the North, uh, Trubisky, Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers, and Stafford. You're set there. Breeze, Matt Ryan, Cam, and, and Jameis You're in the set. South. And then in the West... Goff, Russell Wilson, Garoppolo, and Kyler Murray. You're set. So it's just the Dolphins, Redskins, and possibly the Titans. No, it's the Dolphins and the Redskins. Marcus Mariota's not losing his job at Ryan Tannehill. Of course not. He's not losing unless he gets hurt. He's not losing it on merit. There is no way. Hey, listen, it's very possible that 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 Ryan Tannehill could come in with the eye of the tiger. And really, this would be the year, K Rods. This is going to be the year. You know what's gonna happen? You want the worst case scenario? Okay. Please, please give it to me. Here's the worst-case scenario for Dolphin fans. The worst-case scenario is not the Patriots winning the East and going to the Super Bowl again. That is not it. The worst-case scenario is an AFC championship game between the Tennessee Titans and the New York Jets. That I'm constantly is- in the state of wanting to throw up. Adam Gase and Ryan Tannehill making the AFC championship game. That is by far the worst-case scenario for Dolphin fans. That's as bad as it gets, that you have the coach who was smarter than everybody else and the quarterback who was here forever. And Tannehill didn't seem like a bad guy. Like, like pers- from a personal sense, he didn't seem like a bad guy. He just didn't help you win. And it's the first time you had a first-round quarterback or a top-ten quarterback since Marino well, actually, Marino wasn't a top 10 quarterback. He was a first round pick. Marino was the 27th pick of the draft. So, first time in a long time you had a top 10 pick a quarterback, and that still didn't work out. And when Tannehill makes the playoffs, he doesn't even play because he tore his ACL. And you had a Matt Moore who got decapitated in that game against the Steelers. Remember that? I think his head's still in the oh, field that was at Heinz great. Field. It's terrible. Matt Moore actually. This is a guy, didn't he have like two terrible head injuries when he, he, he had that game against the Cowboys in the preseason. You remember that one? This was, uh, what year are we in? 19? I remember the Steelers game. I remember, I remember that we actually, we actually had like a, like the NFL come like after, cause he came back into the game and the NFL like tried to like run an investigation on our protocol at that point. Cause they were upset. He came back into the game. Adam Gase's first season, I think in 2016, I'm pretty sure because I was on the broadcast, I was on the, the post game. I'm pretty sure they played the Cowboys third or fourth week of the preseason, and Matt Moore got kneed in the head or got he just got destroyed on on a, he just got destroyed on a play and got taken out of the game. It was really scary. That's twice I believe that he had just 
crazy head injuries that they needed to, like, stick his head back on because it came off. Guy still made a lot of money as a backup quarterback. Can't really blame him, you know. But I really believe deep down inside that Dolphin fans are rooting the most against the Titans and Jets this year. Jets for obvious reasons, but with Adam Gase there even more. And the Titans because... Now, if Marcus Mariota... here, Okay, let me, let me, let me amend that. If Marcus Mariota took the Titans to the AFC Championship, then it's okay. Then it doesn't matter. It's when Marcus Mariota gets hurt and then Ryan Tannehill goes in and all of a sudden becomes the backup quarterback that can take... He's going to become Jeff Hostetler. That's what he's going to be. He's going to be Jeff Hostetler and he's going to take the Titans to the Super Bowl. The scenario is unthinkable. Because I can't really think in the NFC what, what the worst-case scenario is uh, with that. You know, when you, when you look at and there's really nobody that affects the Dolphins necessarily out of the NFC. It's just it's just the Jets and the Titans. I mean, Tennessee was still a 9 win team last year with Marcus Mariota all the way to the end until Blaine Gabbert came in there and couldn't close the door. I'll say this. I've been saying it since Tyron Tannehill went to Tennessee. The second he gets into the starting lineup for the Tennessee Titans, all of a sudden they will have the worst offensive line in football. Get Flaherty. Call Fla- get Flaherty's number up. He can go in there. He can fix it, right? Yeah, let's get Chris Forrester up there. They need to have Forrester, Flaherty, and the other guy, the um, the drill sergeant. What was his name? Dan the- Campbell. No, 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 no. Not Carly not Ca- Emery? Not, no. The offensive line coach that uh, – the guy that was there with, with Incognito who got fired – who was, oh, I don't remember his name. I don't know he was the that. drill sergeant. Uh, God, Larry Bluestein should know these things. I don't know why Larry doesn't. Jim Turner. Jim Turner, That's that was right, the guy. Jim Turner. Is that crazy? The Dolphins have had, have had to fire slash resign, whatever. Three offensive line coaches since 2013. That's insane. Has it ever happened in NFL history that three offensive line coaches – have been somewhat let go in this kind in this short a span over three of the craziest reasons ever. Jim Turner with the whole incognito uh, John the Martin thing because he was he was he was, he was a lunatic. The uh, Forster with the cocaine the white substance excuse me and then this guy. Blue was just asking what happened to Jonathan Martin, and didn't he get like busted or something like 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 showing up somewhere with a gun and waving it that around? Guy's got so many issues. Like I, I know we're trying to be like funny, but it's just so sad. Like the situation of having Incognito and and Jonathan Martin the same team that it just it was terrible for everybody. Like everybody. It just imploded in their face. I will say this: with the night we drafted Jonathan Martin, I remember I was tweeting with a with a with a Dolphins beat writer that will go unnamed. I was tweeting back and forth with him. I was saying, "Well, you know, we got to take Ty Hilton, Ty Hilton, or Alshon Jeffrey with this with this pick." And he and he was like, "No, you got to take Jonathan Martin. Got to go with a lineman." And he goes, and then in the third round when we took Michael Agnew, he goes, "See, that's why you don't take Alshon Jeffrey or, or Ty Hilton in the second round because you get the lineman in the second round, then turn around and get Michael Agnew in the third. Agnew from Mizzou, and he was a guy that, which it was a Chase Daniel, I think was his quarterback at Mizzou, put up great numbers, and Michael Agnew did not. But Michael Agnew, the thing on him was he didn't he didn't know the plays, or he got called out. He didn't know the plays. He didn't know what he was doing on the field. He was physically undersized. 
garbage. He had no business in the pros. T.Y. Hilton, we've never seen him play before down here. How would you know who he is? Heaven forbid he put up the best numbers ever at FIU, but we have no idea who he is. Why try to go and get him? Larry Bluestein's up next. He will not talk Missouri football. I promise you that. I pretty much promise that. He ha- Bill Bender, right? Bill Bender, Sporting News. He will join the show. And uh, you got plenty more. Blue is up next. Larry Bluestein's getting a lot of airtime. You know that. This is like this is like the '80s all over again. This is I mean, Blues I, Week, man. I'm telling you, I, like this is this is like the throwback week. The Marlins have the throwback. It's like throwback. Larry Bluestein doing shows. All right, thank you for listening. Larry Bluestein's up next right here on 560 WQAM. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.